0: And wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC, especially if you're one of our geeks in sneaks using this podcast, power you through a workout or a run. We're going to try to help by being in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be. And that is completely free. Thanks to our sponsors this week, HelloFresh and Brooklyn Inn. They're bringing the show to you, DLC, of course, the show, all about games and their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles, also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I am your host, Jeff Canada. that's spelled with two N's and one T, and I am joined, as always, by my friend slash co-host slash nemesis, the guy who is shooting his own WAP video, Mr. Christian Spicer, hello, Christian.
1: Uh, uh, my cameo got cut. I'm upset. What? I, That's why
0: you got to do your own now. So you know, you'll show them.
1: I thank you. Uh, I that song is so stuck in my head. Like it is, it is a hot beat that I, you know, yeah, it's it's, it's so catchy. I can't use expletives on this show, but it's
0: a good song. <laughs> It's a good song. Hey, we got a lot to talk about this week. Video games, video games, video games. More uh, our extended E3 or or Summer of Games. We've got games that we've been playing. There's a new hotness. There's several new hotnesses, in fact. So let's get right to it. You know that DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week I am so excited because, once again, DLC stands for diatribe loudly conveyed because that's a rant and from Gamerant.com, we have our friend one of our favorite guests mr anthony Towermina. hello anthony hello jeff how are you doing hanging in there man hanging in there uh it's been too long it's been too long we haven't talked to you in so long H- how are things good good well
2: i mean in the video game world good in the yeah. rest of the world maybe not so well but yeah. you know I well, I thought we were headed for a situation where there was going to be nothing to
0: play and now I'm finding uh, an overabundance. Yeah, everything got delayed and then the stuff started to fill in to to fill the gaps. And so, you know, we got we got games. We got games. Uh all right, let's get into it. Let's start talking about those games and start the show the way we always do with story of the week, but in fact, actually, you know what? It's uh it's the summer of games. So let's start that way.
1: It's the summer of games on DLC. You're gonna get hyped up, and the news will live up to your expectations.
0: Christian, I don't know if you uh listened to the episode when you weren't here a few weeks ago, but uh I've been saying that the that that wonderful jingle by Sean Madigan is fantastic, but maybe doesn't always encapsulate exactly how we feel here on DLC. Sometimes the news does not live up to your expectations sometimes, right? But sometimes it's exactly what your expectations are.
1: It's the summer of games on DLC. You're going to get hyped up and it pretty much
0: lines up with your expectations. So maybe that's how we feel about the news this week. But then again, possibly the, the news exceeds your expectations, so we got to be able to represent that, too, right? It's the summer of games on DLC. You're going to get hyped up, and the news is more exciting than your expectations. Sean Madigan giving us the full spectrum of possibilities with regard to our expectations. Real nice.
2: Yeah. Pretty great. I would right? like, could I make a request for a theme song of my own? Of course. Okay. Gotta, I, I would like a theme song. If we could make that happen, uh that'd be amazing.
0: No, you got to, but you got to, you, you know, you got to have a jumping off yep. point. What is your theme song about?
1: You got to sing a little bit too. You got to, yeah. Oh, uh, that's, well. oh, man. I
0: see. This I, is, you see, got to bring, yeah, you okay. got to meet meet halfway. You know what I'm saying?
2: Okay, hit me up on Twitter. Somebody that wants to make a theme song, and we'll brainstorm. Because I, yeah, you just had a conversation. You just had a conversation with uh, a song that was supposed to be Christian. <laughs> you know, like you were conversing with Christian, but the song was different. It was amazing. Now yeah. I'm jealous.
0: Well, now we have to decide which of those three jingles most represents how we feel because normally we would do uh we destroy the week but there's so much news and so much of it is really summer of games. We're back in it. Sony had another state of play. So let's start with that. We're going to step through it. It's like E3 for 4 months now. We've had uh various digital versions of what are basically E3 press conferences broken up into smaller chunks and Sony gave us a new chunk of E3 like Announcements, games, looking at trailers with their latest state of play, which was just a few days ago, and there was a lot of things announced. There were a lot of games shown for the first time, uh, and this they said we're focusing on PlayStation Four, PlayStation VR, and some PlayStation Five stuff thrown in there as well. It's interesting to me that we are in this place that you know everybody's kind of doing the the Nintendo thing, uh, basically. Having a, an announcement, having a digital press conference whenever there's a chunk of things to talk about, which I think is pretty cool. But I have to particularly point out that I, I think the, the format of this one was, was pretty great. We had voiceover from the actual developers that are involved in the trailer, kind of describing their trailer, but we didn't feel the need to put them on camera, which, you know, some might argue. Uh, it lessens your relationship with the developers and maybe seeing them putting a face to the name would be a positive thing, would be something we want to encourage. But I just felt the whole thing pretty slick and felt it didn't feel less than. It still felt like we were talking to the developers. They all had what were clearly prepared things. It wasn't this kind of rambling, free-flowing interview style. So I don't know, Anthony, what did you think overall of the state of play? Did you think that the the format was good? Do you like having these multiple moments of E3-like excitement, or do you miss the one big week of craziness?
2: Uh, I mean, it's a little bit of, uh, of, of all those. I do, I like how they did Crash Bandicoot. I felt Crash Bandicoot was the perfect example of what I like about these state of plays or, or digital press conferences, because it was an opportunity for anybody to get what we would get as a, like a behind closed door presentation at E3. So instead of, you know uh, us having to try and remember from our notes and 9 million games that we saw over the course of three days it, it, it essentially tells you exactly what we would have been relaying, which is you know good and bad. It kind of cuts out the middleman, which is us. But it's also great for people to better understand what a game's bringing to the table. It wasn't just a trailer that showed new features and people had to speculate. It had a developer saying, like, here's how we're making things replayable. Here's how we're, um you know broadening the scope of this franchise by letting you play as a different character. And I think all of that is awesome versus some of the other trailers were just trailers that could have appeared on a YouTube channel any day of the week.
0: Mm. Yeah. All right. I mean, I thought ultimately that crash bandicoot trailer, which we'll dig into a little bit uh, in a second, but I thought that one was kind of the template almost for how they wanted all of them to feel. And yeah. I think you're yeah. right that some of them were more successful than others in that regard. But uh Christian, this is an interesting I think state of play in that it felt like the spotlight was given to more third party stuff, more less potentially, you know, top tier AAA things. It, it it felt like we got to see the next layer down a bit. And it had its own, you know, its own day in the in the sun. What did you think of that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I thought Remedy's Control AWE uh, release date announcement conference was great. There was a lot of other stuff that wasn't (laughs) about that game. Um, But I guess, you know, Remedy wanted to share the spotlight with some other games. I I really appreciate them doing that. But I'm all for um, big control based um, presentations like this. And I hope Mm. there's more. Um, No, I mean, that to me is, you know, that's what I came for. What I did like about this Sony press conference is how they set expectations speaking of expectations um it was like we got another state of play coming up but like <laughs> we're not telling you the price we're not telling you the release date we're really not gonna talk about ps5 at all it's like look it's 1 a.m i'm up you up you want to do something like do you want to yeah, hang out yeah like, not getting dinner we're not <laughs> you, you know it's like a coffee day do you want to get some coffee are you free for coffee
0: and we were all there's like, still video games you want to look let's we're going to talk about video games the video games there's a lot of video games let's just we're just going to show you some sweet video games Let, let's do it sure. yeah.
2: but there were there were plenty of people that were like don't don't tell me about anything except
1: playstation 5 right well, so yeah. you have to be everybody yeah, was like we'll talk about vr and people were like what about VR and PS5? And Sony was like, anyway, here's your coffee. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But as
1: yeah. good stuff showed. I think Sony has quickly, you know, learned the cadence of these events. They started, you know, pre-pand, pre pan, excuse me, pre pandemic started doing these types of things. And I think they've gotten better and um, they're, they're learning quickly. And I think we're going to continue to see more of them. And I, I think the pacing of theirs have been better than Microsoft's. While I was still very excited about what Microsoft is showing and what they're doing, I think Sony really does have a has found a nice cadence for these presentations, much like Nintendo has.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. It's I just stylistically, I just thought it was interesting how you know Nintendo doesn't really do the the faceless voice showing a thing, and Microsoft didn't really do that either. It was they kind of found their own style, and I I, I don't know. I just wanted to take a second and think. Say, I think that actually worked pretty well. But let's dive into the actual stuff. Uh, starting with that Crash, Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time trailer. Um, we don't need to linger too far on it. I mean, it's more Crash Bandicoot. It looks cool. It's uh, it's from um, Toys for Bob, which is an awesome developer that knows how to make really charming platformers. I, the thing that stood out to me is, which is the reason I want to linger a, a little bit on this game, is. I want more people to pick up this idea of the sort of remixed levels that you can unlock. What a great idea. The There's a whole section of this presentation for Crash Bandicoot 4 saying that once you complete the game or complete a level or something, they were unclear exactly how you unlock it, but you can unlock new versions of the same levels that have visual filters placed on them that maybe are speeding up or slowing down the timing of certain parts of the game but they're sort of wildly different in terms of which visual style they're adapting for the i'm calling them remixes i don't think they ever use that word but it just feels like a really cool concept i feel like i've seen something similar before but i can't put my finger on which games have done it but i would love more games to do this i think it's a great idea what do you think anthony
2: I think it is great. Um, the, the interesting thing about it is I, I wasn't totally clear, but I got the sense, cause I think they name dropped Beanox. So I'm, mm. I, I got the sense that like what essentially they did was they made levels and then Beanox came in and made these, I guess we'll call them inverted. Uh, so that
0: is basically a remix. Like they had for a remix for artist. sure. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> so awesome. I,
2: I think that that's all, aw- that's awesome. And I would like, like you, more people to do it, but at the same time, they basically had a second developer make like a quote unquote second game, yeah, uh, which is not feasible for everybody. But yeah, I think it's great. I overall, Crash Bandicoot, uh, sorry Christian, was the best thing I saw in that. Uh, wow, really? I thought it looked really, really good. Like it looked, like they mentioned, there hasn't been a Crash Bandicoot game in a very long time, and it didn't just look like. Okay, we just like copied the framework of the old games and just like slightly remixed them. They were making them bigger and more detailed. It it because they had that remake, they already had that version of yeah. the game that is what you remember but with updated visuals. Now they were kinda like messing around with uh the chase level, for example, looked a lot more exciting with like a big giant pirate ghost. And it just looked really cool to me. I'm a big fan of crash bandicoot always have been. Uh, And it looked more uh, involved than I was expecting. I wasn't expecting it to be this detailed and this uh, varied in what it was offering.
0: Hmm. I think that I, I've never really had the uh, affection for Crash Bandicoot. It was never my... I don't have the nostalgia for that franchise. It was never one of those ones that meant something to me. So maybe that's where I'm less excited. But also, at this point, I find myself surprisingly <laughs> comparing everything to Ratchet & Clank. <laughs> like, sure, uh, that Ratchet & Clank trailer that they showed at the previous State of Play to me, is is the new benchmark for next gen. It just feels well, like,
2: but the crashes now. I it's I know no, that's I but, get it, but like I I did a similar comparison in that like it looks I don't it just it looked better than I thought it would uh, across the board from the levels to the design to the characters. This trailer was the first one where I saw it, and I said, "Wow, this looks like." better crash bandicoot in every way but still crash bandicoot and i'm really excited for that now if there are those cheap levels that were in the remake that they didn't even really change and uh i was not a fan of if they double down on that i, I might change my feelings about it but from what i could see it looked very very fun and just
1: bombastic
0: yeah christian what did you think of those uh, remixed levels is it something that you would like to see more games do
1: Yeah, I think it's a nice kind of evolution of things, right? I think Streets of Rage 4 had a nice kind of version of that with the different characters and like the sprites and stuff like that. I thought it was really fun. And while they weren't unlockable levels, I really liked Sonic Mania's approach where you play kind of like an old level, the new level, the new level, the old level. And you got to see kind of how that changed. I, I think it's a nice extra and bonus um to bring people back into that world and to i think for people that do have the nostalgia it'll play really well and then i could see some of them also being a little more challenging perhaps as like you know end game content to go back and play these levels um a different way or a different feeling after you've learned them i think if you have the time and the resources to do it as anthony mentioned you know activision um they have whole hosts of studios <laughs> that are able to handle things like this it seems like but i think as long as the core game isn't compromised in any way and it certainly doesn't seem like that's happening with crash 4 i think this is a nice it's a nice way to add longevity to what otherwise might be a you know kind of shorter and it could still be 20 hours but you know not an 80 hour rpg or something right yeah
0: I have to say, just before we get off the topic, I think the thing I like most about this remix thing is that it isn't just a visual mode that you can select. It's not it's not just uh, you can play all these levels and there's like 16 different visual filters you can layer on top of them. And how cool is that? I, I feel like games that have done stuff like this before, it's you know, unlock a cheat code that turns the whole world into, you know, black and white or or whatever it is, Uh, you know, neon look to it's just a filter that gets put on. And it sounds like the way they presented it, that's not at all what it is. It's one specific look for each level that was specifically designed to because that level made it, you know, inspired that look or something about that level. They're tweaking in a very specific way. So it's not Just like, oh, we can slap any old visual filter on the game engine. It's, you know, these are bespoke and intentional. And, you know, especially that one where you, like, spin and fly paint all around and paint the world. It just was really, it just looked really clever to me. Anyway, not to beat a dead horse, but I just think that's a pretty cool idea. Um, Another cool idea, uh, after that, we saw that uh, Hitman 3, and I guess the entire Hitman trilogy, are coming to PlayStation VR. With first-person VR support, which is pretty amazing. That'll happen in January 2021 when Hitman 3 launches. Uh, as of right now, no PC VR support has been announced. But that's what I would hope for, uh, being able to play this, uh, not on PlayStation VR, but on my index. Um, but what do you guys think about uh, VR Hitmaning, Anthony?
2: Anthony? Uh, him taking out the uh, Garot. I think, uh, however you pronounce it, Uh, piano wire or whatever it is, uh, kind of horrific and cool, but it was, yeah, because, you know, at first you see it and you just kind of swirls around a drink and you go, oh, okay, it's one of those. But then you were like, oh, I'm gonna, because Hitman, the, you know, especially the more recent ones, one and two have been kind of like fun playground. So I think that in VR would be a lot of fun if they can execute on it properly. Um, it, it di- we didn't see enough of it to, to really know one way or the other. It just kind of seemed like here are some interactive elements, but how you're going to go in between those, how you're going to survey your targets and things like that wasn't entirely clear. Yeah, um, but I mean, it seems pretty neat overall.
0: Can I, can I make my prediction, uh, that I kind of don't want to be true, but I also think kind of would be good maybe at least for playstation i predict that hitman vr is only going to support a dual shock i predict it'll be hmm. uh you'll control it still with a controller but you'll be in vr uh so you're not like extending your hands out and using the the garrote or whatever you want if that's the correct term um I, I hope I'm wrong because I think that's the kind of the fun is uh, is the the hand controls the motion controls yeah. but I kind of feel like if they're only announcing it for PlayStation VR and it is a port of those games I kind of think that's how it's gonna work Which yeah, I have to say brother, right? having played subnautica and still feel like subnautica is one of the best VR experiences bar none and it only supports controller it still really works. And I think it could, even in first-person mode, as Subnautica is, I think that could still be a really fun experience, so uh, we shall see. But Christian, what do you think of uh, murdering people in VR?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you. I I hope it comes to Quest or, you know, other versions of the game that aren't. It's just, PSVR has such great games, and the headset is, is pretty dang fantastic. The inputs are just awful. I, I'd almost, I think, I'd prefer it with a Dual Shock, to be perfectly honest. Like the move controls work well for Beat Saber or something like that. That, but anytime it's actually like hand control, gesture based stuff, I've just been spoiled <laughs> by better input methods um, and poor tracking from from PSVR. So I, I'd be all for if they did it with a Dual Shock kind of approach, and then preferably. You know, maybe six months from now <laughs> we see it or if not at launch we see it on uh, other platforms as well,
0: yeah it's an interesting idea i i i you know I get a little weird about uh how graphic the murder might be in v r but uh you know it's a cool franchise it's not a franchise I've ever really loved, so maybe v r will be be the thing that makes me love yeah. it who knows
2: it's it's not particularly graphic in and it's like the way it does things, so yeah. I could see it being more you know, desensitized to, to that. But yeah, it, it really depends on the execution because I think there are some, really Aha, cool so to things. speak, <laughs> I think there are some really cool things you could do with VR that you couldn't do in the game with like uh, being hidden and, and doing things that in the game, it's just third person and you're at the whim of the AI versus saying like, Oh, everybody's looking this way. Yeah. I know I can do this because I can see their eyes,
0: yeah, that was the coolest part of the trailer is when it went into his head and it was first person mode, and there was still that same huge crowd of people around. I was like, oh, that could be really cool, so yeah, one to keep an eye on for sure um, the next thing they announced was I, st- I still think one of the best indie games of all time braid is having an anniversary edition that will come out for both PlayStation four and PlayStation Five with updated graphics uh new. Uh, higher res sprites. Um, this is a game, I guess it's old enough. Now it came out in 2008. I guess it's old enough. Now that there's a whole generation of gamers that never played it. I think I could probably replay it and just not remember how to solve any of the, ma- the any of the puzzles anymore. So maybe I'll replay this as well, but braid still stands as one of the greatest video game experiences I've ever had. Um, so I'm excited to see this anniversary edition. Uh, what did you think of it, Anthony?
2: I think it looks surpri- kind of like Crash Bandicoot. It, you know, they say anniversary edition and they say this is going to just be a, you know, a, a re-release of the game. And then they show the kind of transition to the visuals, uh, the visual style or upgrades that they're doing. It looks great. I think, yeah. I think if you haven't played it, it's, it is, I, I, you know, there's like Limbo and maybe one or two other games, but in my mind, it's like the game that, was the game when console indies started? Basically, yeah,
0: yeah, it like really when the was.
2: Xbox Summer of Arcade became mm-hmm. a thing. It like Braid was that game, and then so many games. I think benefited from the fact that Braid was so successful and
0: and so unique. Such a brilliant, brilliant game on so many levels. And one of the things I'm most excited about in that announcement at the State of Play was their promising the most extensive director's commentary ever in a video game. That really, they they uh, framed it as, do you want to learn game design? Listen to us talk in the, the commentary track. And I, I, another thing that I want more people to embrace and do well, I think that could be a really profound element of this game that is really all about design. Um, Christian, did you, uh, did you note that as well?
1: yeah and i I think this is a a, you know an interesting game there's been a lot of coverage of it certainly over the many years since it's been out but i'm hoping that there's new stuff you know like new information that and i'll be lazy and i'll probably read about it after somebody else you know listens to it (laughs) um but i I think it's a nice approach and i think it's i'm curious to see too like if going forward for microsoft for example like everything always works so you could just play braid on your xbox series x right like that's the pitch of that yeah, yeah. um so they, they have to come up with ways to resell you games <laughs> right <laughs> I think, yeah i think because braid was hd Th- these new graphics look good but it was it's not as if we went from 480 or this was a wii game or something like that before you know Yeah. Um, and the magic of the game for me was the the puzzles, right? Like the, the solving and the story and stuff like that. Um, so I think this is a nice way to repackage it. And if it's able to have more people kind of experience the game, I'm, I'm 100% for it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, then we had a number of games. Uh, we don't have to step through each of them, but I'll uh, throw out a list. Um, and if you guys want to bring in any that particularly piqued your interest, uh, Genjin Impact, uh, which looks like a cool anime style, uh, action RPG. Uh, Aeon Must Die, which is a pretty cool visual style, uh, that I hadn't really, uh, seen it quite look like that. Uh, a game quite looked like that before. Uh, ano Mutanium, Mut- M- M- Mutationium. I don't know how to pronounce that one, obviously. Uh, more bug snacks. Uh, Vader Immortal, which is a game Christian and I both have uh, raved about on Oculus, is w- was an Oculus Studios game now coming to PlayStation VR, which is a pretty cool thing. I wonder the story behind how that is happening. Uh, and then, of course, we get to Control. So I'll say, is there anything in that chunk of stuff? I know, Christian, you want to talk about Control, but uh, Anthony, is there anything in there that particularly looked cool to you? Um it was interesting to see the gameplay of Bug Snacks. It yeah. kind of
2: it kind of looked less exciting. I don't want to be that guy, but it kind of looked less exciting to me than the premise of Bug Snacks or just the Bug Snacks themselves.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah. it kind of but just it- seemed
2: like go catch this bug snack. Okay.
0: It really does feel like somebody is finally doing a, a new Pokemon-type game, right? But, but sure. it's like, it's Pokemon, but instead of one way to catch Pokemon, there looks like dozens and dozens of ways to catch Pokemon. Yeah, right? like, no,
2: I, there cool. there are some things that I think are cool. I, I don't know, the gameplay just... Uh, maybe I was looking for something different. I was kind of just surprised how... Uh, the gameplay just seemed like you went to a person. They told you to go catch this specific bug snack. You came back. They were like, thanks.
0: It is interesting to me that, you know, Sony had this big uh, Unreal Engine 5 reveal that was tied to their console, and they sort of managed to brand identify with that trailer, which, you know, was a demo, a a proof of concept, a a tech demo, really, uh, of the, but spectacular nonetheless of what Unreal Engine 5 is eventually going to be able to do on PlayStation 5 purportedly. And they got all this buzz of like how powerful PlayStation 5 is going to be, and I think people got really, really excited. And now everything that they've shown that is PlayStation 5 logo on the bottom looks to me indistinguishable from a PlayStation 4 game. Right, it, it, we are really in that place where it's hard to really tell the difference. The notable exception, of course, being to my mind, Ratchet and Clank, which is like, yeah, how is that possible at all? But other than that, it, it, you know, Microsoft seems to be the ones getting the the big criticism for oh, things don't look next geny. And I feel like Sony has pulled a bit of a magic trick by having that Unreal Engine Five tech demo visual in everyone's head and then the games they actually show that are coming out on playstation 5 nothing looks any better than you know last of us 2 certainly <laughs> and a yeah. lot of them not as good
2: yeah it seems it seems more like a case of uh hey your game is coming out pretty close to this playstation 5 you want to also put it on here and they're like
0: might as well <laughs> yeah yeah uh christian how excited were you about the control new dlc announcement expansion
1: i, I mean very it, it since they teased it as a return to the alan wake universe uh or i guess it's the remedy universe now right they've kind yeah. of confirmed that this is their expanded universe It all connects they are already working on it seems like another game that's within that universe um we've talked about alan wake a lot on this show for you know or maybe as we can confirmed as well I forget. <laughs> uh, alan wake's 10 years old now
0: at least i think something like gotta that to be it's got to be at least um, 10 years old i think right? alan
1: wake's like in his 40s but
0: <laughs> little wake <Well>, and
1: <laughs> yeah, ten happened. year awake we'll find out i think august 27th but i thought the trailer was great and i'm very excited to return to that game i thought the foundation dlc was excellent story dlc
0: as well yeah um, 10, 2010 christian may 14th 2010 alan wake was released so yes exactly 10 years old
1: Okay. Yeah. So I, I think that's awesome. And I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, there's a lot of stuff that narratively in control kind of folds that universe in and makes them one. But I, I hope that this does even more and I, and I hope it does it in kind of uh, you know, the remedy way where it's both I, I'm anticipating it to be satisfying, but also frustrating where it's like, it is the same world, but like, maybe not, <laughs> you know, like, but here's how it connects, but also there's this other Alan over here or something like that. Uh, Very excited for that. The other thing I wanted to focus on, um, and I don't know if if Jeff, you and Anthony read this, but Aeon must die. Did you read like the allegations where, yeah. like, the developers say it was stolen and like that trailer was outsourced and like the whole thing was ripped off? And then Focus, is it Focus Entertainment? Focus Home said, yeah, like, Focus Home Interactive released a long statement that's like, we do pay our people. We didn't steal this. I'm clearly paraphrasing, but. I mean, it just seemed like such a 180 head snap where the the trailer was so stylistic. And I think for a lot of people, um, that are wrong because control is the most exciting game at that, uh, showcase, <laughs> but it, it grabbed a lot of people's attention as something that was visually different and striking. And then it got like hype and then it felt like, you know, internet time, 30 seconds later, it was,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: golden. and we weren't paid, um,
0: yeah, how does somebody at Sony not know that before they slot it into their big state of play? <laughs>
1: yeah, you know? at Sony is livid right now. Yeah, right? like totally. Yeah, it's fascinating.
0: Totally. Yeah, I agree. We'll see how that all shakes out. It looks like an interesting game too. I'm, I'm intrigued by it. As I said, that uh, the art direction looks really interesting. Um, the next chunk after control uh, in the state of play was auto chess playstation is actually getting a, a full auto chess which is fun it's a it seems like a new genre that is still untapped uh, to the masses most people don't haven't played an auto chess yet which just kind of neat um the pedestrian which is a game that we saw i don't know at least a year ago at uh, an e3 maybe it was multiple years ago that i got all excited about just because of how cool and interesting an idea it is this is the The little stick man that can hop off of signs and you connect signs together and uh, restructure, you know, uh, just sort of signs in a world and the little person on the sign has to be a platformer and get through it. I just think it's such a charming concept. Um, And then some uh, games that were labeled as PlayStation 5 games, including Hood Outlaws and Legends, which I guess is a Robin Hood uh, inspired new third person action game. And Temtem, which is another kind of creature collection game, uh, and then a very lengthy crescendo to the to the to the event in the form of Godfall. Godfall, uh, the first next gen game, the first PlayStation Five game to ever have been officially announced as a PlayStation Five game. We got extended look developer commentary about how that game will play, what it is. Uh, evidently, it's going to be a Diablo-style looter game, not a looter shooter, a looter slasher, uh, melee-style loot game. Kind of gave me some uh, some too-human vibe. I don't know if you guys uh, felt a little too-human. Too-human, I think, still a very underrated game. It was supposed to be a trilogy that fell in its face, but still had some cool ideas. So let's uh, jump through that chunk of stuff. Um, obviously, we want to talk about Godfall, but... Setting Godfall aside, Anthony, were there any other uh, games on the way there that you're particularly interested in?
2: Um, I, I thought Hood looked interesting, um, but I'm not really sold on it based on what I saw. I, I've played a little bit of Temtem on PC, uh, and it was, it was cool. It was basically uh, somebody trying to make their version of Pokemon, but it mm-hmm. didn't. You know, it didn't have the depth. It it definitely was an early access experience. It, you know, you didn't have enough to collect and enough things to do to be able to like fully uh, get a sense for like what the full game was going to be like. Um, yeah, I, I would I would probably say Godfall though was the game of that chunk that I was most focused on
0: because you know how I love my loot. Yeah, me too. I, I'm I'm kind of into that idea. Uh, but Christian, before we get to Godfall uh anything i feel like pedestrian would be kind of be your jam no
1: yeah pedestrian looks looks anything but um it, it looks really great i i anything um, but I, pedestrian i get it anything but pedestrian yes um i and i i like the aesthetic of like the sign and when it kind of zooms out and you see like the you know the larger landscape in which these signs live i think yeah really fun and interesting yeah um Uh, But yeah, I mean, we're all kind of talking around it, but I I think the interesting thing about Godfall that does make it the focus is that it was one of the first PS five game logos (laughs) shown. And for better or worse, I think it's, it is kind of a face. I think Sony did a good job later, uh, you know, making prep Spider-Man miles Morales, the face of the PS five or ratchet and clank, as you mentioned, but I think Godfall has some expectations on it. and, And that is an, Uh, interesting thing to do for a new IP Mm -hmm. and what feels like a crowded genre still. So I I think everything you see about it, people are kind of poking and prodding, you know,
0: (laughs) it does seem like, I I think Ratchet and Clank probably isn't going to be, do we hear a a release window? I I don't think it's going to be a holiday 2020 game. I don't Um, know. I would say probably not. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it does feel like Godfall and Miles Morales are really the launch games exclusives. Um I we may find out there are others, but it does feel like you're right, Christian, that Godfall is shouldering a lot of that. Here's what's special about this new console this holiday season. And Although I'm it kind also
2: of being... is on PC, I believe.
0: Oh, is it coming to PC as well? I oh interesting. Think, I think it's on PC. Well it it certainly looked uh pretty cool. I I I'm a little I I wasn't in love with the combat animations. I felt like they they had room to improve those, but I the idea of it sort of being, um, you know, sort of being Diablo, sort of being, um, why could, Warframe? You know, it kind of felt like it had some Warframe DNA there with like all the suits that you can collect that make you do certain di- different things. Um, but Anthony, you you got excited about this game as well?
2: Yeah, I I've been excited from it from the you know very beginning when they said. They were making, you know, you just kind of had like a little slight CGI trailer, but then they came out afterwards and said, this is a loot focus game in the tradition of Gearbox. I, I will say it's a little weird that over time they've kind of come out and basically said like what the game isn't like trying to temper people's expectations. It's almost seems like what they're doing is the opposite of Anthem. They just don't want an Anthem scenario on their hands. They want people yeah. like they, a lot of people like, wow, it's, it's loot Dark Souls. And they said, no, it's not Dark Souls. We're, we're yeah. kind of inspired by Dark Souls, but it's not Dark Souls. Um, and, you know, initially when they said, you know, it's a loot game and it's published by Gearbox. Everybody thought, oh man, Borderlands. They said, no, no we're not really that involved. There's, you know, more. Um, focused classes and and things like that in, in the valor plate system. Um, but I'm still excited for it. I'm a little surprised at how like claustrophobic it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of wish it was a little more open uh, and, and everything that I've seen kind of looks the same.
0: Yeah. That's the thing I got worried about with the combat. It just felt a little bit um, repetitive in that. I mean, obviously all those looter games are repetitive by nature like that's the whole thing is grinding for loot but i'm hoping that you know they talked about how you're never going to fight only one enemy at a time and that we want to balance it as being you get benefits from having good loot but also there's a player skill thing and um i don't know i what i saw on the screen didn't make me feel like it was going to be a bunch of precision combat but we'll see you know i i've i'm hopped optimistic about the game because it looks pretty cool and I like the idea of those suits. I mean that I, that Warframe style idea. I think is a good one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think this has a it's promising to me in a lot of ways. All right, we got to move on. There's still s- huge stories to talk about in games we have been playing, but I want to thank our first sponsor, which is HelloFresh. Oh my gosh, I just uh, I just got a box of HelloFresh uh, just the other day, and uh, when I get my box, I like to look at the next week of HelloFresh recipes I'm going to get. There were 22 different recipes for me to choose from. What variety. That's amazing. That's one of the things I love most about HelloFresh, which is fresh, pre-measured recipes, ingredients that are pre-measured, seasonal recipes delivered to my door. What a perfect thing for the perfect time when I don't want to go out to the store anyway. I don't want to go to the store when it isn't quarantine but now in particular, I don't want to go to the store. I don't want to worry about having to shop for the groceries. I don't want to worry about having to pick recipes. Um, and what I get now are awesome selected recipes. And there are 22 to choose from uh, every week, which is extraordinary. So there is tons of variety. I have more variety in my, my diet. I don't eat the same things over and over again. These are delicious recipes with high-quality ingredients And over 90% of the ingredients are sourced directly from growers to ensure the freshest recipes are delivered to your door. I save time. I don't have to worry about scouring the internet for recipes. I get 22 delivered right to me and I can go, oh, I want these three or four this week. Uh, And they're sustainable, right? They actually care about the environment. They're pre-portioned, the ingredients. So I'm not throwing away a bunch of unused stuff that I bought from the grocery store and their carbon footprint is 25% lower than store-bought grocery-made meals anyway, which is pretty great. And all of their uh, food shipments happen entirely in recyclable or already recycled content, which is cool. It helps, it fits your lifestyle, and you can feel good about HelloFresh because they're giving back to their community. They donated 2.5 million meals to charity in 2019. They're doing even more in 2020, which is pretty great. I love having my meals with HelloFresh to make me feel good because I can cook for my family. I know what's going in to the meals. I don't it's not a bunch of garbage. It's not a bunch of extra salt and sugar. I'm I'm actually putting the ingredients in so I know and they're fresh. So, I highly suggest you do the same. You're going to love it. If you go to hellofresh.com/80dlc, that's hellofresh.com/80dlc and then use the promo code 80 DLC 80 DLC. You get a total of $80 off. That's how you remember the code $80 off total, including free shipping on your first box. That's HelloFresh.com slash 80 DLC and enter 80 DLC. Additional restrictions apply. Please visit HelloFresh.com for more details. All right, fellas, there are a, a couple of other stories that we have to talk about because they're kind of massive stories. Um, one of which will. I think is a pretty interesting development. Uh the Avengers game which I think Anthony's going to talk about a little bit in the playlist section uh, announced that they are they're getting Spider-Man. Spider-Man's going to be in the game, but that pesky IP ownership situation means it's going to be a PlayStation 4 exclusive character. Spider-Man will only be available as a playable character in one version of the Avengers game. Avengers is coming out on a whole variety of systems, but only on PlayStation 4 were we able to play as Spider-Man. And, Anthony, I wonder what your take is on this and how exclusive content, especially this caliber, this high-profile exclusive content, uh, fits in our, our the current worldview of of what consoles are doing.
2: I mean, it's... I. Considering what I've played of Avengers the Beta, which we'll talk about, it seems like getting off on the wrong foot while you're about to introduce people to your game, which maybe isn't the smartest thing. I think they probably just had to confirm it because the rumor was out there. It seemed like a just a completely bogus rumor initially. You know, it just appeared on some random retail listing and it was yeah. just like one line, it didn't look you know, formatted properly. And then they came out and said, no, it's real. And everyone went, what? (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, I I mean, coming off a game that everyone knows that I love in Destiny and that got a lot of flack for its console exclusive stuff, it it felt like that was, I assume, going to be like one of the last games to get away with that. But I guess not. It's uh not. you know, the story is that Sony is aggressively pursuing things like that. I think this maybe had more to do with them saying, Hey, we want to put Spider-Man in this game, and they said, Well, Sony owns the rights to the to Spider-Man in some circumstances, and they were like, Well, maybe there was some, you know, legal thing that or loopholes that they had to go through and Sony won out. But it just it really is surprising that at this point we're still doing that because I know no positives that could have come from it. Like it's not, it, it seems like it's going to have more people just not play the game than are going to get the PlayStation version.
0: Hmm. And it should be noted also that it's not, if you buy the game when it comes out, you know, in a few weeks now, the Spider-Man is not going to be in it on yeah, your PlayStation 4. Yeah. He only arrives in early 2021. So it is a later edition. Obviously Spider-Man isn't going to be in that story content. It'll be in whatever the, you know, ongoing living version of the game kind of content is, but it does still seem like a pretty significant addition to the game. If you know, if he's going to have his own move set and his own play style. It's a pretty, it seems like a pretty big addition to the game. Um, Christian Spider-Man only on PlayStation four. Does that make you want to get the PlayStation four version?
1: You know, it it really did. I I really considered it. And it's like, it has the, the open or the open, the beta was this weekend for it. And then they announced some other exclusive like missions or mission files or something else, um, for PlayStation. And at first I was like annoyed because I want to play this on PC. I have a nice PC cross-generational game. I know they say you'll get the PS five one for free, um, But just to be frank, that feels like a hassle. (laughs) You know, I'd rather be able to play, hopefully, assuming it's a good port, the air quote, best version of the game when it starts. Um, I ultimately decided not to go with the PlayStation route. Um, But I, I do think that this probably means there's a good chance that the biggest community will be on PlayStation. And I, I think that's kind of unfortunate because I, I think for this type of game, you want big communities everywhere um, just for the health of the game. If it seems like it is you know, as live servicey or as co-op as, as parts of it make it seem. Um, but also I totally bought, what was it bark Batman Arkham asylum? Cause like for the Joker levels, it's like that was exclusive to PlayStation. And I, I get it right. Like from a business perspective for them, I get it. And I, and I think Marvel, you know, they have a good relationship or I don't know. I don't know the insides of the relationship, a continuing relationship (laughs) with Sony film and the Spider-Man game on the PS4. So a lot of it makes sense. And then I, I guess for me, the biggest takeaway is I have to assume it means that Spider-Man isn't that big of a part of the game,
0: Right. right?
1: Like it can't be that important if it's, stuck on one console and so that's ultimately what made me not do it to me it felt like oh this might be like um
0: the skin, basically
1: yeah, like, well like it's going to be black widow but uh yeah. spider-man and like the harley quinn levels i think on arkham knight when the it's like oh i want to play as harley this is incredible and it was like i started and, and then finished
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. well <laughs> like, it certainly seems like there's going to be a number of characters added over the first year of the game. It seems to me that that, yeah, yeah, that will be the big monetization effort or DLC push is, hey, you've got, you know, you've got Captain America, Thor, Captain Marvel, or, you know, or uh, Ms. Marvel, um, you know, all the characters that we know that they've announced, but then there'll be, you know, extra ones that you can bring into your game, into your, you know, this uh, living continuing game. Uh, and just one of those, the only one, in fact, they've confirmed that there are no other exclusive characters. One of those is Spider-Man, but only get it on one console. So it does seem unfortunate. I, I was definitely more interested in playing this game on PC than anything else. And I'm seriously reconsidering that because I love me some Spider-Man. So I i don't know at this point, um, as I feel like the PC version is going to outshine the PlayStation version at least initially at least before PlayStation 5 comes out and they come out with some patch for it um, so i don't know it's a bummer it reminds me of the old days you know when soul Calibur had like you, you get on xbox you get spawn you get it on playstation you get yoda or whatever it was you know those those days I and mean, i didn't never not liked even, those decisions not even
1: the old days though right like destiny had stuff like that until very recently call of yeah. duty i feel like still has stuff like that um, no,
2: not anymore that's like so many of those things like every developer has come out and been like yeah we we realize it was bad but we want like it just feels like we're going backwards we're we're regressing we had entered a time where every company was saying play where you want to play and eventually through crossplay, which we are now supporting you know We're we're not going to care where you play. We just want you to play. And now it seems like Sony is saying, well, people seem to be talking about the Xbox being more powerful. So let's uh, get them over here.
0: Hmm. Well, yeah, I also feel like we own this character. So why would we let anybody else have it?
2: But I mean, do
0: they own the character? I mean, they own. I think they I don't know the details of the IP. You know,
2: the movie rights are at Sony, but the game is supposedly not. Even though it looks very much like the movies, you know, it's a, I'm pretty sure that Sony doesn't own all. I think Marvel owns, Spi- you know, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. So
0: I, I don't know. know what the deal is for yeah, for video it, games, but
2: it just seems it seems like something that they could have probably said, oh, we'll work out a deal. And then Sony just decided to say, no, it will be a good way to get people to buy our version.
0: Right. Well, speaking of uh, being able to play anywhere, another huge story this week that I wanted to get your opinions on is the fact that Apple is taking their devices and going home. They are not playing with Stadia. They're not playing with Project X Cloud. They are making it very, very difficult to the point where those services are basically not coming to Apple devices. Uh, We heard this week a statement uh, from Apple and one from Microsoft on this very situation. Here's the statement from Apple. Uh, The App Store was created to be a safe and trusted place for customers to discover and download apps, Uh, yada, yada, yada. Our customers enjoy great apps and games for millions of developers. Gaming services can absolutely launch on the App Store as long as they follow the same set of guidelines applicable to all developers, including submitting games individually for review and appearing in charts and search. In addition to the App Store, developers can choose to reach all iPhone and iPad users over the web through Safari and other browsers. Oof. Um, To which Microsoft responded, quote, our testing period for the Project xCloud preview app for iOS has expired. Unfortunately, we do not have a path to bring our vision of cloud gaming with Xbox Game Pass Ultimate to gamers on iOS via the Apple App Store. Apple stands alone as the only general-purpose platform to deny consumers from cloud gaming and game subscription services like Xbox Game Pass. And it consistently treats gaming apps differently, applying more lenient rules to non-gaming apps, even when they include interactive content. It uh, goes on and on, but that is pretty... Uh, pretty intense. The final sentence, of course, we believe that the customer should be at the heart of the gaming experience and gamers tell us that they want to play connect and share anywhere, no matter where they are. We agree. So shots fired from Microsoft, but it sounds like no project X cloud, no Google stadia on Apple devices, even though both of those have been saying we're, we want to. And I tell you, as somebody who has, you know, who is all in on Apple devices. I mean, I got the first iPhone and basically, you know, the first time Apple sold devices, I was buying their devices and have stuck with their devices since they started selling devices. I've never not had an Apple phone and a tablet in that entire period. And this kind of kicks me off and it makes me feel like I, uh, I chose the wrong horse in this race. Uh, all the uh, all the Android folks are laughing now, I guess. Uh, what's your take, Anthony? I mean, it's real bad.
2: I think it's, uh, you know, it could be uh, signs of other situations where people being restrictive. I mean, I don't know how much Google has control over Android and certain things like that. I think they have less, but I mean they do have stadia. What's to stop them from getting this hint from Apple and saying, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't allow XCloud to be on Android. I
0: don't
2: you know, I don't know if that's logistically even possible. So
0: I think traditionally Android has been a decentralized kind of thing where they they really don't yeah.
2: Google does have some monetary investment in Android. Oh,
0: of course. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, I'm just curious about that. But, I mean, it just – it certainly seems like the better version – because I'm not a big fan of Stadia – the better version of cloud gaming that was going to hopefully show people what the potential was is now being closed off from a whole – not even platform, just like a whole – customer base basically of people that were excited or were even trying it out when it was in its beta period and now they're not going to be able to uh mess with it. I think at some point maybe Microsoft and Apple will, you know, have a conversation behind closed doors and they'll be like, never mind. But
0: I hope so. You know, it doesn't right, sound right, right
2: now, yeah. Right now it seems like Apple is was being restrictive and instead of uh trying to find a way through, Microsoft just said, No, never
1: mind.
0: Yeah. Uh, Christian, uh, you know this is part of this is uh, your dream. I know you're an iPhone user, aren't you?
1: <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, I um, I just start looking at like used pixels. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: when this news came out, um, I, I think well to those closed door conversations. You know, I, I'd have to imagine that Google slash Stadia and Apple have been trying. Maybe there's just too much hatred, you know, between those two companies for that to be the one um to work out but i i don't know why the safari route wouldn't work like i don't i just don't understand like could i go to uh xcloud.com and launch it that way or is that not a viable way for microsoft to deliver if it's streaming and i I can go to youtube.com and watch a youtube video that way there's also the youtube app you know maybe the experience isn't as good if it's through a mobile browser um, cause that's the way I play stadia on my PC, right? I don't have a, a stadia app. It's a browser. I use Chrome and I go to whatever it is, stadia.com. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure the logistics of that. I, I do think their answer about like, you know, game, we got to review every game. Meanwhile, like here's Amazon prime video, uh, YouTube, Netflix, Hulu. Right. And some of those are interactive the way Microsoft points out. It it does it strikes me as odd. Also, also, also. I have played some garbage, garbage, garbage games <laughs> on my iPhone. Right, like be, yeah. No offense, there are some incredible games on iPhone, so please don't sure. I'm calling on mobile. I'm not lumping Yeah, but
0: win. the idea that they're like this rarefied air of quality that we have the level of. The level of, uh, of, of craftsmanship that but we can't possibly not review every game because there would things would slip through the cracks that would just tarnish our pristine reputations.
1: Yes. Having a game on the app store is no Nintendo seal of quality from the NES, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, pardon me for how, oh my gosh, how did. Uh, gambling addict, million ad, accidental ten thousand dollar in app purchase, like yeah. swears when you push a button and yeah. stuff, naked pictures. Up, we've so pictures we've up, we've,
0: up. we've approved we've approved seven hundred and fifty nine fart apps, but yeah. uh, well, we was,
2: draw the line here. There was a guy that posted a thing on Twitter saying, you know, Apple says you know we want to have quality, and then they had a screenshot of you know, a fall guys rip off game. That's yeah. just popped up on the, you know, iOS store. It's, you know, it's, it's all about having control and, and deciding things. I think it's just, I think it's pretty,
0: about, it's yeah. about uh, the, the Apple arcade is what it's about.
2: Yeah. Great. Well, th- I think that, and I think uh, the idea of, you know, you going into X cloud and purchasing quote unquote, purchasing games within X cloud uh, has this like weird loophole for them to be able to say like, that is its own storefront and we don't like it.
0: Yeah. It's all lame. And it's, it ultimately the people who suffer are us are the people who, in I, I'm all in on Apple devices, man. I have been, I'm in that ecosystem. I've, I've, I'm down the rabbit hole on devices. I, we have two iPads in my house uh, and I have an iPhone. My wife has an iPhone you know like we're i don't have iMacs i don't have um um any apple computers but i'm all in on their devices like when they started making devices i was all about devices apple devices and i just have never strayed right i never i never went the android route i never went never tried to i had a windows phone for half a second that's cuz they sent me one <laughs> but uh other than that i've been all all apple devices all the time and it just feels like this sucks this is, I am I got screwed here. This is not. Um... I think part of the thing that,
1: you know, allows us as being in your same camp to be quote unquote screwed here is also the stuff that has kept me in oddly in Apple device ecosystem where it's like androids are all a little different like samsung has their thing they put on top of it google already discontinued like a pixel they released eight months ago or whatever it was and there's new ones coming but they're not and i find it like a little too wild west for my phone um you know i don't mind wild west on my computer and windows and dos before that and certainly but there is something nice or maybe it is like a trade-off i'm willing to make of like while the app store is full of garbage, um, <laughs> with some great games. Um, but like everything else kind of works and it's getting a little more cluttered. iOS 14 looks like it's going to kind of, you know, things become more complicated, but you know, the kind of that control over the ecosystem. Makes it a little more idiot proof and something that I use as much as my phone. I think I kind of like that. Of course, it's, a, I like it's it. iMessage.
2: You guys are dancing around it. It's iMessage, and you know it's iMessage. The
1: thing I use the most, honestly, is AirDrop because I do have a MacBook Pro that I work that is my work computer, and I'm doing a lot of air dropping.
2: Fair enough. You, but I think for a lot of people, it really is iMessage. Nobody wants to let go of iMessage because of everybody else is in the you know
0: yeah. Yeah, you get that you nobody wants to be the green bubble. You know what yeah, I'm saying?
2: No, nobody I everyone mean, wants their picture to immediately appear on everybody else's <laughs> phone. But it is I think it is one that. of the things that is it's silly, but it's one of the reasons people don't want to let go.
1: And it's the reason why what is it, WhatsApp is dominates around everywhere else in the world. Yeah. Because it is that unified app that works everywhere and it's not it's not tied to a device. But in the US or in uh, GDP wealthier Western countries, iOS still dominates, but you know, maybe this is the beginning of that kind of end. Like Apple made their thing, this, this uh, prestige product. And there are very good Android phones here. I, I do think yes, there's more work to figure out. And yeah, you need to get, you know, uh, WhatsApp or WeChat while you can, I guess <laughs> here. There's some other messaging service that if you don't want to just do, texting, but yeah, we shall see.
0: It's so funny because I've grumbled and complained uh, for years about various things. I'm mad that I can't just plug in any audio jack into my iPhone. It it still irks me. I hate, hate, hate iTunes with the intensity of a thousand burning suns. I despise the fact that I can't use my iPhone as a hard drive right I can't just copy something to it and then copy it off uh, I have to go through some bizarre uh, you know this kind of strange cult like uh, I, I'm I can't even think of the term uh, the the thing where you're uh, sinking a sinking is the term I can't think of uh, I can't I have to sync like a, like I like I want to relinquish control to some unnamed algorithm to decide what gets can't copied over and what doesn't. I've hated that for years, all of it. But maybe it's gaming that finally pushes me over the edge and gets me away from Apple devices. Maybe this is the thing. Maybe this is the bridge too far is everybody's going to be having fun with their x-clouding and I'm going to be over here on my old iPhone going, I can't do that anymore. Maybe this is finally what gets me back to being able to just copy things to a phone and copy them off. Plug an audio jack into a thing, although that's leaving a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of Android phones, too. Um, and and it, it, just, I don't know, it just frustrates me. Frustrates me. This is not. Uh, not consumer friendly, Jeff. I
2: have an Android device I can give you.
0: All right. <laughs> <laughs> I only uh, use it for Stadia,
2: so I'll use it for X Cloud and Stadia.
0: Oh, look at that see you're already set i got it. that's what i I I want didn't samsung just announce a new thing a new one that's the
2: partnership that's like at the same time as the thing yeah they said we're partnering with samsung
1: i have i go nowhere and i do nothing but i really want one of those 8-bit X um x cloud controllers which is just like a nice small microsoft you know xbox controller and the clip and i was looking at used pixels um it's real dumb because I could just walk over to my computer, <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, well, in bed, play some Forza horizon right before going to bed. Save me 10 steps of walking from
0: computer to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. 10 steps I mean, that your, you your phone, your phone would have recorded all those steps for you. <laughs> anyway. Uh, all right, well let's, uh, let's move on and talk about the games that we are playing in a little segment. We call the playlist. All right, we have talked a lot about that Avengers game and its Spider-Man exclusive content, but what is the game itself? How does it play? Our very own Anthony Tarmino got some hands-on with the Avengers beta that just happened. Uh, I didn't get a chance to play this. I was very jealous. Uh, so I want to hear your thoughts about that Avengers game. I know you're all into looter shooters. You're all into uh, living games. Games with uh, this kind of structure. Uh-huh. Yep. So, what do you think? What do you think?
2: Uh, it's not that good. I do know. Uh, it has its moments, I think. Uh, so, what they give you as part of the beta is um, two story missions to, to start with. One is the demo that we've probably seen a bunch of times with the bridge and cycling through the characters yeah, um, a day as it was. And then uh, the second mission is you play as Hulk for most of it. And then towards the end, you play as Miss Marvel and you get to kind of see how uh, some of the loot stuff works. You, you dive into the menus. It's very much like, uh, a destiny UI, um, but the uh, the loot itself is like augmentations that don't visually change anything. So, um,
0: you is are that gonna, how it's going to be in the final yes, game.
2: Yeah. So you you purchase skins and whatnot, um, and that's just how you look. So, like for example, for Iron Man, you'll get like uh, a, an arm. Piece, if you will, and that will have stats on it, like 17 percent more stun damage when you use this attack. But it doesn't change the way that arm looks. You're still okay. you still look like Iron Man, right? Um, which you know is going to be disappointing for a lot of people who like the whole you know building out your your character visually and. Right uh in in terms of stats.
0: This is this is kind of how the old um the old Marvel, what was it What was it called Marvel Heroes or something? The old uh David Brevik uh sort of Diablo yes, in the Marvel yeah, Universe name yeah, yeah, yeah. did it. Totally. He did the same like thing. That. Yeah, where you would get you had a whole you had two layers of loot really. You had the the layer of loot that affected your stats and then the layer of loot that affected your appearance.
2: Yes, exactly. Um it is it is that um I don't know if maybe it was like a Marvel thing where they said, we don't want Frankenstein's monsters worth of characters. Hulk. I mean, I
0: get that, right. It's a one tough thing. You, if you yeah. have, if you one have of yeah, if you arms
2: get- is gray and one of Hulk's yeah. arms is like red. I, I, yeah. I, I understand where they're coming from, but it also makes loot less exciting because it all just kind of look, it's just not, you right. know, it's not like picking up a, a, a cool staff or picking up a cool, gun or a cool helmet or something it doesn't do anything so the loot is really numbers so you have to be into that theory crafting which i don't necessarily think the beta does a great job of even selling so it it isn't it isn't even gonna like tick the box for those people that like making cool builds because of just it's it's still early the rarities are being controlled what's available is being controlled so you really don't know loot wise what you're going for. Um but yeah, so though the, there those those two-story missions and then you unlock the war table which is sort of like your uh overworld map and you can see missions available and you can repeat any of the missions. Uh you can change the difficulty which will influence uh the loot that you get and and like XP and things like that. Um and and there pretty straightforward like mission structure like do the thing go to the place and do the thing like go to this place and destroy four of these terminals you're done go to this place uh, secure three of these points and hold them for a certain amount of time and you're done Um, Mm. not very exciting you know not not a lot of uh, Avengersness like the story missions feel more in line with what you would expect out of an Avengers game. And the, the, these like war tables missions felt more like the loot grindy repeatable tasks, basically. Right. Um, combat is, is really, um, varied depending on which hero you have, but it's, it's got a lot more in common with like a character action game than, than anything else. Most of them, most of the characters, are, are melee focused. You they have ranged attacks, but you're still going to be doing a lot of m- melee. Uh there's a dodge and a block. And then three abilities, two abilities that are on faster cooldowns, and then a kind of ultimate, like Iron Man's Ultimate is he calls down a Hulk Buster suit. Or um Hulk's ultimate is uh like his like crazy clap that right. that yeah. attacks in a larger range. And then the you know there's a skill tree that can uh, add new moves to your combos. So like square, square triangle does this or square, square whole triangle does this. Um, but it it is, yeah, it is a lot of, of character action combos combined with, uh, some abilities. It kind of feels like third person Marvel ultimate Alliance in a lot of ways.
0: (laughs) That's not necessarily bad. Yeah.
2: Which is, which is good and bad. Um, I, it, looks, it looks it looks really good. It looks better than I thought it would look. Playing it, uh, I was playing in four K. The beta offers um, a performance and a resolution mode, so I played both, and it, it looks good. It doesn't run particularly well on a PS4 Pro. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of slowdown. Though which you know, I want I wanted to say when you guys were saying like, oh, I would rather play on PC. I think PC will be the version that will be the most optimized. Yeah, uh, I assume. Um, but yeah, it just. I don't know. I think that there are some cool elements for people that are fans of the Marvel characters that are in the game and like those kind of beat ups like ultimate Alliance, but as a game that's hoping to be a games a service and have those repeatable missions and that loot grind, it didn't seem that great to me. Mm. Yeah.
0: It's interesting. You know, you bring up these, the the grindy part, and it occurs to me that if you know the, when you put a known IP into that kind of game, I feel like those things stand out even more as awkward or problematic.
1: Avengers, Avengers. Uh, uh the goats got out again.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. It, there's so um,
2: many of the missions. Are just very much like I saw I saw the template straight away of like here's what they're going for. And you just do the thing and it's over. Yeah. There the story missions had like uh the second mission with Hulk had a an abomination boss fight, and it, it just felt like more it's like, this is the game that I'm more interested in, but it's not like rooted in the loot and any of the games of service stuff. And the stuff that is more in line with games of service, I didn't like as much.
0: Because it feels like, you know, you when you have a game like Destiny or something, that's just what the Destiny people do, because that's the first time we heard about Destiny people is in how they react to the, you know, but you have this built-in expectation of how the Avengers behave and how they behave isn't going and handling a control point and then being yeah. done. You know, yeah, I, I think the
2: difference between Destiny and this game is that, at least for me, Destiny is one of the best shooters. And then the repeatable stuff you can kind of like get through because you enjoy the shooting. This isn't like the best character action game. It's pretty. It's a pretty generic one. Mm. Um, it's It's more fun, I will say, it's more fun to play with friends. Like the idea of, you know, having three other people as different heroes is more fun, but it doesn't synergize like ultimate alliance as well. You know, there's no, yeah, nothing that I saw was like, oh, this is more, this is like uh, more in line with like, okay, here's a boss or here's a strong enemy. Black widow does this. And then I use my ability and we can take it out faster. It was just a lot of like, this is cool stuff that I can do on my own. And sometimes it helps teammates. Um, but it it just didn't have that like uh, synergy. It, yeah, it felt like they could just be AI teammates. It's only cooler because you know that those people are being controlled by other people. You know,
0: it feels like the the part of Destiny that they should have stolen, which I guess isn't just a Destiny thing. There's a several MMOs that do this, but in Destiny, when you're you know you're fighting a bunch of bad guys, and then there's some cool event happening on the map and everybody hops on their uh whatchamacallit speed cycles what are they called sparrows uh, sparrows everybody hops on their sparrows and heads over to that hot point and fights the thing together like that feels like something they could have completely ripped off and used you know you have new york city and there's a bunch of aliens coming in from a portal and you got a fly across new york city and attack you know defend that thing
2: you do do kind of do that there's like these war zones that are like large areas where the mission you know you go to where the mission is to complete the mission and you can like go off the beaten path it just is way more generic than than what you might be imagining i mean in my mind to be honest the the path that they should have gone for, but knowing this whole Spider-Man situation and kind of like making assumptions about where their heads at in terms of monetization. It, it should have been the loot, our skins, you know, like, like mm-hmm. one of the core pieces of loot to chase that would have differentiated this game from every other looter based game is when I beat this hard mission. Now I can be gray Hulk. When I beat this hard mission, now I can be Golden Age Iron Man. But instead, yeah. I can just spend you know t- two thousand whatever bajulies and buy Gray Hulk. Yeah. And so I'm not really and getting like,
0: bajulies. Isn't very fun.
2: C- exactly, and yeah. and what I'm getting as loot is like oh, a a quote unquote chest piece for Hulk, but it doesn't do anything. It's yeah, no. Uh, chest. Yeah,
0: what, or what, they could have gone like a monster hunter route where oh, yeah, sure, you're yeah. like getting components and you're, you know, you're investing in, you know, you got to do this mission, which the bad guy at the end of that mission drops X, Y, and Z potentially. And, oh, you have to do that 14 times. And then you got, oh, you got the cool, uh you know, element that you need to create new Hulk pants or <laughs> whatever it is. Yeah. You know, you make the 100%. new Iron Man armor. That is an entire, uh, an entire skin. I do think that would have been pretty compelling and cool.
2: I, I love – that's my favorite thing about loot games is seeing the loot drop, looking at it, and, you know, a lot of it is junk. But seeing something and yeah. going, wow. But this, it was just not exciting. It It doesn't have a visual style to it because yeah. it's not, you know, it's not actually going to be seen. So it just
0: <laughs> – It's pure stats. I'm, I am with you 100% on that, on that feeling. I mean, that is, that is the joy to me in WoW, in Diablo, in all those types of games is, Oh, look at that thing. And I'm putting it on. Oh my, look at, look at me. Look at my new pants. You know, that, that is a, that is, that is the joy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you. I will
2: look at you and be impressed by you, but I will know that you just spent either in-game currency or real (sighs) currency to buy that look instead of like doing anything special. Like I'll have to look in your character sheet and go, "Oh, okay, that's cool."
0: Yeah, and the other, the only other way to do it is sort of the um the Path of Exile version where powers are loot, uh, and so yeah, you know that's the other fun thing that you could direction you could go because. I like I said, I've been hammering on about this for years. There's nothing fun to me about a plus 10 defense hat and getting then getting a plus 15 defense hat, right? That there's nothing there's no joy to that. It's cooler if the hat looks different and wow, now I have a better stat and I look cooler. That's awesome. But if I'm just getting plus five to to my defense, that's a pretty lackluster feeling that I get. But if that thing goes, hey, you get fifty plus fifteen to defense, and it lets you jump twelve times farther. Whoa! Now I'm into it. You know that's that's kind of what Diablo I, I 3 didn't see did. anything like
2: that. A lot of it, yeah. A lot of it isn't even like defense. There's an overall power rating, so uh, you know, similar to a lot of the loot games where you know the piece of loot has a number and that increases your power, which you know is relevant to the. Uh, enemies and the missions they have their own recommended power rating based on the difficulty but yeah some of the like stats were like plus 17 percent stun damage to this attack and it was like i'm in a beta i don't even know what it, that attack yeah. is L- make That's it a little problem. more you make it a little more like uh general i guess yeah. i understand like it it goes towards like the long-term theory crafting and b- making your builds and doing that stuff but early on like i just want i just want to know that this loot is going to make me punch harder or shoot stronger lasers to start
0: i think this is a problem that's very widespread in in the gaming industry because there's this accepted standard of what loot does and it's stat based and it gives you a you know a plus one sword now i have a plus two sword but i really think i talk about this a lot but the stuff like diablo 3 which says legendary items let you break the rules. You know, let you, a thing you can only cast one time, now you can cast four times. Uh, you know, you shoot one fireball and now you get a better piece of loot and you shoot three fireballs. Like that's, that feels awesome because you feel like I'm breaking the rules. I'm wearing this thing for a specific reason. And it isn't just m- optimizing my efficiency, it's changing my play style. And that to me is so much more fun. And that, I don't understand why more games don't do it. That could be in there. You know, all
2: I really saw were like blues, which are rare. Um, right. I didn't, so maybe you know, I didn't play too. Maybe, know. maybe stuff goes further. I don't know if they've yeah. shown it. I haven't been following all of it, but Fair yeah, enough. maybe, maybe there is that stuff. But for like a first taste of the loot element, even playing destiny's, alpha way back when destiny 1's alpha it was like oh this gun oh this gun oh this gun see this gun see this gun and this is more like hey that guy looks like my hulk that guy looks like my black widow
0: yeah and that's something that that uh, borderlands does very very well you get a new gun and it changes how you play it changes how you play it's like this gun shoots in a completely different way yeah.
2: It it does feel like more you just want the loot that supports the way you play already, and you're not really gonna change that because yeah. it seems like there's just keys to playing. Like these are the best moves, these are the best attacks. Mm. Do
1: that. I do think well, these character based games do have a harder like known IP do have a harder problem with this because sure. I want I want to play as Black Widow. Like or you know, I want to play as uh Iron Man. And I know what I I know what Iron Man is, and I want to do an Iron Man story, and I want to be badass when I do it, and then yeah. like, all this other role playing things. And yeah, like I think it would be weird if I had a original helmet and then like a Mark Eight boot. Like I don't know if I think that would look good either. Like as a fan, in in Spider Man on PS4, you know they did they did the same thing. Each suit came with new upgrades, but you could then have those upgrades on any suit you wanted. Um, So you could find the suit, keep playing with the suit. that. And I like that approach. But once you were done with Spider-Man, you were done with Spider-Man. This is a player game. You're having this experience. You are having progression, personal progression through the game, but also you get to look as cool as you, you know, you personally want to look. And I agree. It's not this looter shooter grind style game. And I do think that there is, it it is hard because as we mentioned, like Iron Man going out and collecting, I I need four Radeon cores. Okay, whatever. Like, it's not fun and exciting. The Avengers don't get out of bed for, unless it's a world ending thing, right? Like that's what Iron Man does by himself or that's just like the idea that this is the Avengers and you have arguably mundane aim tasks or whatever it is, repeat, -repeat, unrepeat, unrepeat for just, Stat increase is, is, I think, going to be problematic. I think for you, Jeff, as I've listened to you talk about this for a while over the years now, I, I think just stat increase is enough for you. You just want more. Because when you said this hat makes me from 10 to 5, but now I can double jump. All you've described is a hat that changes your defense from 10 to 5 in your jump from
0: one to 20. But the but the difference is that the defense <laughs> the, the well Two. I have two responses to that. First is I don't care if the hat also looks cooler, right? This is the this is a yeah. problem that that solves itself when I'm like I will wear the extra plus five hat because it also has a sweet visor and makes my eyes glow red. I'm into it. Um, but you know the for the hat that looks exactly the same, it gives me a plus five. It's not too, too exciting. The reason the jump feels exciting is because it actually has impact that I feel. Right, I feel the pushing X and having my character fly three times as far I don't feel the hey I got hit with a bullet and I I survived 0.2 percent longer like that that is a non-consequent yes stacking all these together means you get to do the raid boss I mean you wouldn't have survived the raid boss unless you did it but it's it's all it's almost you must be this tall to ride this ride it's not That's not fun. That's not riding the ride. That's just not dying instantly from the bad guy. There's nothing active or fun about that, you know? I think it can, and
1: we've talked about this with Control, among other games, I think it can be fun. Um, I, I am afraid of how I'm going to feel about Avengers, but I think that kind of smaller stat chasing can be fun if the things you're doing are rewarding. And even like in Ghost of Tsushima, I like going and seeing my health go up just the tiniest amount. And now I'm like, okay, now I know I can do this. Or like getting, I forget what they're called, focus meters. Like it it does, and so if my stat, if a hat did allow me plus five defense, I would, you know, you pick and choose your skill trees, right? And so I think the same thing can be true of, of how you're able to slightly level up your character in the long run throughout the course of the game. You choose the things that impact and highlight the things that the way you want to play, I think what it sounds like listening to Anthony, the way Avengers potentially misses all of this is that it is kind of the small negligible increase that maybe over the course of the game does pay dividends, but it's hard to be excited about initially combined with, it doesn't look new or cool. It just feels, dare I say like a grind. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. I, I um, have a feeling Christian will, it, this seems like the type of game where I will talk to Christian and Christian will say, I played through the story and I'm good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cuz I yeah. think this
2: I think so far what I've played of the story is pretty interesting. The levels are well designed. It like I said it looks better than you would expect. Um and if they can kind of optimize it a little better, it'll play better on on consoles. Um but yeah, for the people that were hoping for Avengers the loot game maybe it falls short. But I think yeah. an Avengers game itself, a story driven Avengers game, it actually seems pretty okay. Mm.
0: Well, that's good. And and I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention, at at least in passing, uh, Injustice does the super popular IP and puts loot that is modular onto them. Uh, They figured out a way to make that work, and it's pretty cool. So, I don't know. It's possible. Possible to do it. Uh, All right. Before we move on, I want to thank our second sponsor, which is Brooklinen. You've heard me talk about Brooklinen. You've heard me rave about their sheets, but guess what? I just got my Brooklyn and towels. Christian, did you get your Brooklyn and towels? Oh, I got those towels. Those towels are the softest towels I've- So this is a true story that I'm not embellishing and I did not set up or make happen at all. Got the new towels, put them in the bathroom. My wife. Without knowing where these towels came from, or you know any story behind them, or that I was sponsored by Brooklyn, and leans out from the bathroom and goes, "Honey, these towels are amazing." I was like, "Yeah, they are. They're Brooklyn and towels, softest towels ever, right, Christian?"
1: Very, very, very. It was instantly on my towel rack you know sometimes you get something and you're like oh this is great and then you let it go through the normal cycle of like yeah, this was like
0: hey babe these are our towels <laughs> yeah yeah here are our towels now new towels new, the old towels busted new towels whatever the opposite of busted is uh <laughs> i was trying to do the will smith thing from uh men in black and i couldn't remember it anyway brooklyn and let me tell you uh, like I said, I love the sheets. You know about the sheets. You've heard me talk about the sheets. I love the sheets. I'm just so enamored with the towels. And now that we're all staying at home, what else is there to be excited about than a good shower? You know, a, a lovely, luxurious, getting out of the shower experience, wrapping yourself up in extra softness. Oh, absorbency. Ooh, so lovely. Treat yourself. Get yourself some Brook linen towels, Christian and I both love ours. My wife leaned out, leaned. She leaned people, leaned out of the bathroom. She didn't need to lean. She could have waited until uh, it was a more convenient time. No, leaned out of the bathroom door, screamed down the hall. These towels are amazing. That is called winning. Uh, And we want you to win with Brooklyn and towels. Get that extra softness, get that extra absorbency. Treat yourself Brooklyn is the perfect place to find all the comforts for a home, including extra soft towels. And they're so confident in their products that everything comes with a lifetime warranty. What's lifetime? That means forever, ever. That's a lifetime warranty. That gets you a lifetime warranty. So use promo code DLC for a 10% discount off your first order at brooklinen.com. That's B R O O K L I N E N.com. Promo code D. L C Brooklyn in everything you need to live your most comfortable life. All right. Still here in the playlist and Anthony, there's definitely a new hotness that has arrived on the scene. Uh It, it it is the top selling steam game of the week is what I'm reading. Uh, And you and I have both been playing fall guys, fall guys, ultimate knockout. Uh, this is the new uh, race to the finish amongst it's it's kind of a battle royale. You know, honestly, it's, it, it's most extreme elimination challenge. Wipe out um, right on a, in a the video game. game. Yeah, it, it's it reminds me of, of there are those moments. And one of them to me is, is, is Rocket League where you play Rocket League and you go, this is a brilliant idea. Of course, the, of course, people are gravitating to this because this is a novel, brilliant idea that somebody did really well, and it it's unique. It's a new kind of experience. Yes, it feels a little bit like some other things, but it's really unique and it's really fun. At least that's my take on uh, Fall Guys. What What do you think of it?
2: Um, I really, really enjoy eighty percent of the game. I think that there are some things in the game that uh, are just a byproduct of the game being so popular that I'm not a fan of like the desync uh, kind of messing with certain things like uh, the tail mini games are, are the bane of my existence (laughs) Um, and and some of the team mini games. I'm not a big fan of because, having to rely on your on other people to advance you in a game yeah. where there can only be one winner feels silly i would like an option yeah, to I be able to customize your matchmaking to say like no team games or you know like this or that or have a solo mode something like
0: that let, you know, let me just contextualize that for listeners because if you haven't okay, played sure, fall yeah. guys yet basically how it works is it is like a battle royale in that 60 people start And there's one winner crowned at the end, quite literally crowned because the crown is the thing that you get at the end. Uh, Along the way, though, you know, in Battle Royales, usually it's it's 100 people or however many people in a place. And we eliminate, eliminate, eliminate to get down to one. This works more like almost like a Mario Party or something where uh, you are the there are different rounds that have a beginning, middle and end. And at the end of each round, a group of people at the bottom of the performance uh, of, of that round get knocked off. But the rounds themselves can be really different from one another. The maps that you're playing on, the goals that you're trying to achieve. And yes, as Anthony said, some of those rounds are team-based challenges. So it's like jump through a number of rings and whichever team, the top two of three teams uh, advance instead of... Uh, in, in the in the third team, all the members of the third team get knocked off. So yes, sometimes even though you're attempting to do this singular goal, this one person is crowned winner at the end. You are relying on other people to maintain your advancement, and I agree that feels a little wrong.
2: Yeah it it is, uh, you know. Like I understand there is a ton of luck in every game and a ton of randomness to every game. The races um are are i think my most favorite uh element is like starting because you start with usually 60 people and then they're about uh like 40 or so qualify from the first one so it's like pure chaos of yeah. a bunch of little beans stumbling and bumbling and that's fun but like once it gets to like the serious time uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. like when there's less than 20 people and you, you know, you can see that crown in your sights. Yeah. Then having the game say, oh, here's four on four soccer. And you're like, well, I hope these guys are good and they understand yeah. what to do. And they just, you know, they got, you, you can, you can get lucky in advance pretty far. Yeah. Um, but I do think that there's so much about the game that's really fun. I love the ability to, um, still like come back you're never some games it does feel that way but for the most part you never feel like you're out of it because stuff can swing there's a there's a whole race where there's a bunch of doors and you can only break down one or two and eventually it just becomes one so even if you're at the back of the pack the whole pack is usually following the first person so they jump at one door and it doesn't bust and somebody else busts a different one they're shifting over and then you're catching up so there's there's a lot of like really fun moments to the game and silly moments. Um, some of the
0: some of the most fun strategy, if you can call it that, because because the game is really just a, a chaotic, goofy mess in the best possible way for a lot of it. But there are some strategies to employ, and some of oh, the best sure. strategies, some of the most fun strategies are not being at the head of the pack for certain ones. You know that there's the one, yeah, there's the one where you um you have to like the, the floor falls away. Tiptoe, Yeah. Tiptoe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And it's so fun when the people like don't want to move forward and everybody gets to the edge and nobody wants to go any forward because they don't know which one's going to make them fall. And people are bumping into each other and knocking them off. And it's it's the variety within that kind of very narrow idea of a bunch of uncoordinated beans (laughs) flopping around from place to place the, the magic they managed to find enough variety that it is it does feel like every match is a little different from the one before it
2: for sure yeah i th- I think that there's um it has that battle royale it it can scratch that battle royale itch for people that don't care about battle royales yeah you know that idea of like okay maybe this will be the one okay I made it to the final and I made a critical error I know what to do next time okay I made it to the final but it was a different game so now I you know yeah, I didn't know what to do, and then you win one, and you're like, "Oh, I need to, I need more, I need more of that feeling." Um, so I, I do think th- think that there are so many things. I think it benefits the game tremendously that it was free on PlayStation Plus. I think it's also to its detriment that it was free on PlayStation Plus because those people that maybe wanted to play it and pay for it are now getting kind of like a lesser than experience out of the gate, and that's kind of disappointing. Um, I'm sure plenty of people jumped off the game because. They were playing tail tag and no one was near them and their tail disappeared. And Mm. the game, you know, I've seen plenty of videos online. It never has happened to me, but uh, Fall Mountain is one of the final games. And the goal of Fall Mountain is when you get to the end, there's a crown that's rising and falling and you need to jump at the right time and grab the crown. And I've seen people literally grabbing the crown, holding the crown, and then somebody else grabs it and it says that person won. So there, there are certain things that I think they're going to work out and, um, getting those right out of the gate for a game like this, I think is super important. And so it is kind of disappointing. Like when things don't work right. Uh, I think all of Friday, it was in maintenance mode. It was really hard to get into games. Yeah, um, well, I mean, you know, like that's that's a small team indie yeah, game that that's happens.
0: much more popular than they thought it was going to be. I, I forgive a lot of that, you know,
2: for sure. I do. I do also forgive a lot of that. But it's also like it's also a game that I don't see myself playing that much longer. So it was like, this is your time. And yeah, it kind of reminds me of like Friday the 13th, where it was like everybody was really excited, but they had problems out of the gate. And was like, mm. eh, I like this game, but it's a lot of effort to play it.
0: I also don't think I'll be playing it over a long period of time, but it is a fun, goofy experience that just feels so novel. And one of the things that I like most about it is the aesthetic. You know, it, it really feels like it could have been a Nintendo game. You know, it's it's so uh, bubbly and bright and colorful. And, you know, it feels a little like Splatoon almost. And they could have made this game full of you know, razor sharp knives that you can impale yourself on. It could, it could have been a very violent experience, you know, yeah. because it would have been the same kind of goofy, wacky thing where you're knocking people and, you know, decapitating them and all that. It could have been all that. But the fact that it is basically a nonviolent game that's still a battle royale, I think is a pretty cool accomplishment. Uh, I, I, I like that about yeah. it. Yeah. I'm glad that they didn't give you enough, or, or more tools to
2: grief. It's yes. just enough where people can kind of be annoying, but they're also, you know, I've seen plenty of clips or it's happened to me a couple of times where somebody has tried to mess with me and, and, and fallen and been eliminated themselves. So
0: yeah, they're, they're just discoordinated enough or uncoordinated enough that, uh, everybody is the similarly hampered, you know, everybody's playing in this yeah. <laughs> as a, uh, a, a, an it, uncoordinated it is, thing.
2: If you have PlayStation Plus, it's well worth trying. Um, I think you'll be surprised how much fun you have, even if you have no interest in those types of like 60 down to one or 100 down to one types of games. Even just playing like the first two rounds, even if you can't advance very far, like it's still very fun. The mechanics are not super fine-tuned to the point that you you know you see everybody making mistakes you you're not yeah. just seeing one one guy who's clearly better than everybody everybody is mistiming jumps or or getting knocked over and so you, it always feels like it's possible to advance and then eventually yes you get to the like harder stuff and there's been some times where i've won based on pure luck as well so
0: oh yeah totally yeah it's the luck, luck plays a big part in it you know um but it's fun. And I think that makes it accessible. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, how long until we get Mario Party Royale? I feel like this gives the, a clear template to Mario Party Royale. Or, yeah. um, Ooh, that'd or, be really fun. Or even like, um, how um, long
2: until they bring back One versus 100?
0: Yeah. Or WarioWare Royale. You know, you could do that.
1: Yeah, um, one, tons of those silly mini games each time you get yeah. people out. Yeah. And hopefully yeah, that's, uh, that's, system. so the mini games get smarter as the pool gets smaller.
0: Yeah, that's what this, that's what this basically is. And I feel like it gives a clear template to those properties. Like it, it is fun. It is fun. Uh, there is something about even, you know, I booted this game up and was like, I don't care about winning. And then you, you get through a few rounds and you're like, Oh, I'm in the top 16 all right, and you step farther in your seat. You're like, I think I can really do this guys. You know, uh, it, it is a, a compelling format for sure. So Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, it's only 20 bucks on PC, uh, even if you wanted to buy it. Uh, and it's doing very, very well on Steam, but also available as a PlayStation Plus game on PlayStation. Uh, I, I think it's, I think it's having a moment and it is deserved and it is a brilliant, goofy, fun idea. that is very different. I mean, the, we talk about, the latest third-person action RPG, Ad nauseum, and there's a lot of great ones of those, but seeing something that really does feel like a fresh idea is very rare and appreciated in my book. Speaking of uh, third-person action RPGs that are very good, uh, Anthony, you and I both also got to play some Horizon Zero Dawn on PC. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn was the DLC game of the year the year it came out. And deservedly so. I think it is a phenomenal game. Um, And uh, was a Sony exclusive, now arriving on PC, which is pretty amazing, I think, just in and of itself. What was your experience playing it on PC, Anthony?
2: Okay, so I had no problems. I want to be upfront that I know that there are lots of um, lagging issues, stuttering issues, uh, performance problems. Uh, The developers have even acknowledged that. I've had no problems uh, with it. Uh, I played about, I would say, six or seven hours with it just to kind of like see uh, what the experience was like because I did everything in, on PlayStation 4, so I didn't really want to uh, go through that all again. But I think it's a phenomenal port, and if you have a PC and you either played the game and really enjoyed it or didn't play the game, this is the best version of the game, in my opinion. Playing it on uh higher frame rate, higher resolution with the dynamic uh foliage and and all the kind of like little added details it's it's a gorgeous game on playstation but it's even it's incredible on pc um and the things you can do because of the higher frame rate and the uh the tools of mouse and keyboard uh with the traps and and the precision you can do a lot of more interesting things and that might have been a little harder to pull off on ps4 it's it's a great game the only weird thing is the faces still look weird
0: you think? Uh, like
2: not the Aloy, when she's talking, she kind of looks like a Chuck E. Cheese puppet. <laughs>
0: okay. I don't know. I I don't know if I share that opinion, but Fair uh enough.
2: yeah, I, I I agree. Everything with you. else looks great.
0: This is a uh, a a stunning port, beautiful. I did get a little of the stuttering stuff, but not nearly as bad as I have read that people are having crashes and stuff. I didn't get any crashes. Um I will say this. The key reason that I was excited about this was to play in ultra wide on my ultra wide PC monitor. And oh my goodness, is the ultra wide stunning in this rich, beautiful, exquisite world they have created. However, however, they made, an... I don't understand the, this decision that was made. I don't, I don't do not understand it. They made a decision that uh, any of the cutscenes, which I guess were pre-rendered in-engine because they're not being rendered in the ultra-wide format, uh, any cutscene, including any time Aloy gets into a discussion with someone, which happens a lot in this game, turns back to uh, the regular sort of um, 16 by 9 or whatever aspect ratio that is, um, this sort of standard widescreen, not ultra wide, which would be fine, which would be absolutely fine if they just did black bars on either side, which every other game does when it has to do this. But there was a decision made, and so far no toggle in the menu that I've been able to find to turn it off that says... We're not just doing black bars on the sides in your ultra wide display. We're doing that thing that newscasts do when they use somebody's uh, portrait mode iPhone footage in their news broadcast, where they like mirror and blurify the edges of the image, where it's like duplicated, redundant image of the central image. But blurry? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yes.
1: Um. Double yes. Uh, I think double blur. Any like Instagram footage you see?
0: It, on TV. Yes. Is there it's a name for ESPN that?
2: ESPN does on like uh, footage from people's phones.
0: Yeah. Or or sometimes you know if they'll show like old um you know old newsreel footage that's not 16 point by nine or something you know they'll do that. It is distracting. It is awful. I don't I wanna it makes me want to skip every cutscene. Also because I've played the game before, so I don't you know terribly mind skipping the cutscenes because I remember them, but still I want to watch these beautiful cutscenes in this beautiful game on my beautiful ultra wide monitor, and it is distract it is a terrible, terrible decision that they need to patch out. Just give me black bars. Black bars will not be bad. Black bars would not look terrible. Just, this yep. looks terrible.
1: You know, let people pick. Black bars or this. Like, more isn't bad. Like, option, right. just options.
0: Options. And and maybe there's some option deep in a menu somewhere that I don't know that lets me turn this off. I haven't been able to find it. it. It is distracting. There's movement in those corners because it's just, it's taking, like, the very edge of the rendered thing and duplicating it and blurring it. Oh, it's awful. It's awful. So, if you, like, if a character, like, walks to the left all the way off the screen, they walk off the screen, but then... like larger, blurrier version also you know what I'm talking about? It's awful. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't I didn't play
2: on ultra wide, but I, I know what you're talking about. It's probably something to do with them saying like if they say ultra wide support, they can't have black bars or else it looks, you know, like they're being deceptive.
0: I uh I was very frustrated with this because in the ultra wide resolution, the normal play of the game, the actual playing of the game is stunning. Stunning, um, yeah. I mean, the game looks spectacular on PC at at max settings. It's just, it's great, and it's a great game that everyone should play. I just this thing, this one boneheaded decision, it makes me very, very frustrated. Anyway, uh, Christian, I know you've uh, been traveling and doing all kinds of stuff, and didn't haven't really been playing anything, right? Nothing
1: new. I mean, I played some. Uh, um what is it? What did I play? Some, uh, Harvest Moon IRL. Um, <laughs> <laughs> did oh. a lot of that, did some gardening and some,
0: uh, Animal Crossing IRL.
1: There there's been Animal Crossing has been played and Pokemon Sword has been played, but not by me. I've been reading the difficult words, uh, from time, from time to time.
0: <laughs> You're a glorified, glorified translator at this point.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And it's still making my way through, uh, you know, ancient Japan, but nothing, nothing new. I almost bit on, Sony almost got me to pre-order so I'd play Avengers, but I didn't. And it sounds like I made the right call. All
0: right, well, uh, you know, we, the show is already uh, long, but I wanted to do one fun thing because Anthony's here. Uh, You know, our friend Danish uh, sent, uh, while the week you were gone, Christian, Danish sent in a game uh, called The Name Game, that's all about the summer of games and, uh, talking about new announcements. And since we had a new Sony state of play, I wanted to play a little bit of the name game with two of you. Cause you guys know your stuff, you guys pay attention, you're on the ball. Uh, but from Danish, this is a, uh, a discussion about how important a title is to a video game. We played this a little bit, uh, with Lana and Patrick and, um, I wanted to play just a couple of rounds with you guys. Basically the idea is here, I'm going to say a title of a game that has been announced and has been talked about in one of these presentations. And I want to find out if you guys can figure out what game it is, describe the trailer in any way based on the title, and then tell me if it is a good title. Okay. Here we go. Here comes the first game. Uh, Anthony. Returnal.
2: So I'm supposed to say what the game is about or just, you, or just tell me what you
0: remember of the trailer oh, for Returnal.
2: It's the house Mark game, uh, where the lady is like, it's kind of like groundhog day. I think mm, she's yes, like, you're right. she's, uh, she's like going out into this alien world and, and getting stronger and more aware of her surroundings. Um, uh, every time she does that, but she's, uh, she, I think she, you know, she dies and she comes, she returns. Yeah. Uh, that, that's what I remember from that. And whether that's a good title, uh, it's not great, but.
0: <laughs> well, at least it, 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 you were able to, you know, uh, uh, come up with the game. So I guess it had some kind of resonance. Sure. And Returnal, yeah. It's it is true, a groundhog man. day. It has a sci-fi theme. There's like a space suit in it. Um, so that's good. Okay. Christian, your turn. Um, how about this one? Little devil inside.
1: So I think this is one I do actually know, but I should also say, um, as I've said this to people that have asked about other podcasts, I despise is too strong of a word, but I do not like games like this. I, I don't like like games on NPR, like word games. It's, it's, I don't find them fun at best. You know it. And at worst you don't. And you fum for, for a
0: while and you feel bad about yourself. Uh well, these aren't this isn't word games. This is just do you remember it was this a good t- was this title enough for you to remember the game? It has nothing to do with talking about here, you.
1: He, here's how I am as a person. I don't know right now, I cannot tell you the character that Lance reddick plays in Horizon Zero Dawn. I do not know that character's name. Silence. Silence? Silence, I think is his name. Yeah,
0: silence, yeah.
1: See, I wanted I didn't even, you said it and I didn't go like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> like, it's just not, that's not how my brain works. Um, I think this one, I only remember because there was controversy. Is this the one with like the, the racist uh, uh, little guys that they change that they're going to patch out later because they didn't realize that they were making horrible caricatures.
0: Oh, I didn't. I don't think I read that. This bit of uh, this
1: uh, this is that game. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, it's a bad but choice. The only reason I know this one, but like, I am I am awful at this. I don't know. All right. I, we don't you have know, to do I'm it. Happy to be. No, no, no. I'm happy to be awful, but I don't want. I've turned down other shows that do things like this. so If they hear this, please know uh I'm sweating right now and I'm only doing this because I love Jeff.
0: <laughs> All right. I well we won't,
1: we won't do it anymore. I do think it's it's we're, interesting we're, to me. I this, like games? <laughs> don't just just know. Just know. You know, it's not my cup of tea.
0: It's okay. Mom it's okay. And dad are it.
2: fighting listeners. No,
0: nobody's fighting. Nobody's fighting. I I want to respect that. I didn't check beforehand. Uh I'll I'll give you one more uh Anthony. Okay. Kena Bridge of the Spirits.
2: Um, What happens in the trailer? I don't know how I would describe it. Um, It was the, I mean, I can see the trailer, but I just don't know how. It's just like a magical world. It kind of reminded me of like um, Cameo a little bit. Yes,
0: that's the game. Exactly. Um, Yeah, you got it. And it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's basically cameo like a fantasy, fabley, um um uh cartoonish world. There's a bow and arrow that's magical in it. Yeah, you yeah, know, you got it. All right. Do you, think, do you think Kina Bridge of Spirits is a evocative title? It's a good title.
2: Um not really. I I mean uh, I think a lot of video game titles are just not great, but then not you play great, them. Right? You know, like I think Ori will of the wisps is not a great title, but everybody likes that game. And so it's like a totally acceptable, I I think we have a lot, a lot of uh, ways that uh, you can sell a game based on, on a title. And uh, I think that we also have like, it's like your freedom of expression. You're making a game, and you're like, "Well, it has to fit into this genre." So, what's the one thing we can have control over? Oh, let's
1: pick yeah. a unique title. Now, this true get behind one of my favorite franchises from one of my favorite studios, Uncharted. Uh-huh. Nathan Drake is literally going to places that other people have charted. Like,
2: <laughs> it's—I mean, it's also called Uncharted Drake's
1: Fortune. So, well, I mean, it, which we all learned. I bet
2: you. I bet you they couldn't get it.
1: They couldn't get away with just calling it Uncharted. He doesn't even get to keep that fortune, so it's like even I guess it's the other Drake. It's the like, other
0: Drake, yeah.
1: But it's charted. It's charted.
2: Well, sure, but I think that the reason it's called Uncharted Drake's Fortune is they said we have a game called Uncharted, and they said nope, give it a subtitle like Indiana Jones, bro.
0: <laughs> I agree. Uncharted is not the greatest title, but it it turned out to be a good game. So I the love title. It. Turned I out think to Last be- of
2: Us is a phenomenal title compared to Uncharted.
0: Yeah. All right, well, we did that. <laughs> that's that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. We do have parting gifts coming up, so stick around for those. But Anthony Tarmino, thanks for being here. It's been too long. It's always great to talk to you. Appreciate it.
2: Yes, thanks for having me on. I'm always available uh to show up and talk about the games that neither of you want to play, like the Dark Souls and the
0: Yeah. And, See, and to do we didn't even have you to do that top, this week. It's true. You going have to do that. Yeah.
2: Uh, and, and it wasn't a last minute thing. It wasn't like right. a holiday. It, it was, was just,
0: like we really Christmas. wanted to talk to you. I actually genuinely wanted you on the show. It wasn't just like, oh, I mean, it's also it's nice to just talk minute. to human beings, but that's it's <laughs> yeah. own thing. Jeff, it was
1: kind of Avengers. Don't lie.
0: I mean, also as Avengers, but also <laughs>
1: fair enough, fair not enough.
0: because I didn't want to play it, it is because I did want to play it. I wanted to talk to somebody who did. Sure. Yeah. Uh, uh tell people where they can keep up with you and all the awesome stuff you do online.
2: Uh, so I'm editor in chief of GameRant.com. So if you want to go there for your gaming news, I wouldn't be mad at you for, uh, you know, supporting the website I work for, but you can also follow me, follow me on Twitter at Antormina. Tormina. It's spelled a N T a O R M I N a. I do nightly streams. I had a stream of Avengers last night. So if you want to see me playing through some of Avengers uh, and things like that, I tweet about it and then it will direct you wherever to go. Um, but that's it. Yeah.
0: Awesome,
1: Christian Spicer, what do you got going on? Well, speaking of expertly named things, if you like The Last of Us, there is a very expertly named podcast called The Official The Last of Us Podcast. It says what it is. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. You can't be confused. Um, You can listen to that. It's available wherever you get your podcast. Proud of the show. And um, the last episode in particular is, um, which is not new, Um, the, the final one that we have up right now, um, but I think it's a really nice uh capstone to that series and kind of w- w- that that game as well, part two. Um and then Twitter's the best way to keep in touch at Spicer. I typically stream this show live on my Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash Christian Spicer uh Sundays at 7:15 p.m. Pacific time.
0: Very cool. You can always email, email us here at the show at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. We love getting your feedback. We love getting your comments, your suggestions, even games that you'd like to review for us. If there's games that we overlook and you want to have spotlighted on the show, feel free to send those to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. Uh, you can also reach out to me personally. Jeff Kanata is my name and also my Twitter handle at Jeff Kanata, which is spelled with two N's and one T. And I have other shows. If you want to listen to me talk about other stuff, I can talk about movies and TV shows over there on a show called The Slash Filmcast, which uh, you can find at Filmcast.com. This week we're talking about a movie called uh, She Dies Tomorrow. And I do a comedy science show where you learn about science while laughing. That's the goal. And I think we uh, succeed at We Have Concerns. You can find it at WeHaveConcerns.com com funny stuff there we had uh, dr kiki sanford on recently which was great she's amazing uh check that out also the dungeon run is my live play dungeons and dragons show you can find that anywhere you get podcasts by searching for the dungeon run uh, you can also watch it on youtube by searching for the dungeon run there or when we record live which is wednesday nights 6 p.m pacific time at TV slash the dungeon run all right Let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion of what to do this week. Give us a parting gift. This is parting gift. Anthony, do you have a suggestion to help people get
2: through their week? I do. Uh, it's one of my few uh guilty pleasures. Uh but the new season of Big Brother is on. <laughs> really? And uh Big Brother, yeah, Big Brother is one of the few. I like Big Brother because uh, most of the reality competition shows are uh, more scripted in nature and that, you know, you only get uh, a super condensed version of events from a, a past period. But with big brother, you can watch live feeds and I kind of like, I just spend the summer like obsessing about these people. I usually put like a window while I'm working and listen to conversations. Um, but I, I just enjoy big brother. Um, I know that the, it is uh an odd thing to be happening right now, but they, they are um, doing all of the
0: appropriate. Are they in uh, it right now?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It just started uh, last Wednesday or
0: Thursday. Mm. Talk about being Um, in a bubble.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So they did a whole quarantine. They went through the whole deal um, uh, and they kind of outlined their plans uh, uh, on how they were going to keep everybody safe. But besides that, I just, I enjoy big brother. Um, I think this is a great entry point because it's an all-star season. So you'll get, a lot of the better personalities and less of the riffraff, if you will. Oh, yeah,
0: Don't need um, riffraff.
2: But I, I just, I think big brother is one of the reality shows that I enjoy because it is possible to just see these people as they are, no matter what good, bad, ugly. Um, and, and, and even being really boring. And I think that the, for some reason that's endearing to me is to just see like regular game show contestants, like just, sit around and talk about their favorite fruit. <laughs> well, All right, not, well, that doesn't make it on that- the show, by the way, the show, <laughs> the show condenses it into like the highlights, but you can, if you want, uh,
0: ah, use the live feeds. Super and, fan.
2: Yeah. I mean, you can big brother them. You can watch right. them do everything except some inappropriate stuff.
0: Uh, an amazing endorsement watch people talk about their favorite fruit
2: i mean you know i'm just saying like instead of like (laughs) only the good stuff and the fights and whatnot you know big
0: brother uh what are you watching that is that on that's like on a real network right
2: it's on it's on cbs or you can uh do cbs all access and then um uh cbs.com has the live feeds it's like five dollars a month all right christian spicer you got a parting gift
1: I mean, I think it's just become my light at the end of the tunnel. Hopefully, like a hopeful light. Um, but man, I am I'm obsessed with the 2021 Ford Bronco. Have
0: you guys seen this thing? It is. No, nope. I'm going to Google it right now. Though I'll tell you that very
1: nice. I uh, my first car was an S10 Blazer, which is a smaller Blazer, not the big guys. But I've I've always liked. Um, I have a thing for pony cars and what I would call this like the <laughs> the Blazer the Bronco um and we've kind of drifted away from it and this thing is has a great retro styling cues back to the original it seems very capable off-roader it's kind of poised at the Wrangler the Wrangler market um doesn't come out until spring 2021 the Bronco Sport which is uh based on the Escape platform comes out this year different car and kind of it's looks sport. like a Jeep yeah, it's targeted. That's what it's going after. Is like the Wrangler. The doors come off. The roof comes yeah. off.
0: Um, that I don't it, know about that front, man. The front's kind of ugly.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love. I love the front. I mean, look at pictures of the original. Um, and Fair enough. All, <laughs> there was like a funny thing where they were going to reveal it. Like the reveal date got pushed because of uh, COVID, and then they changed the reveal date. And then like, the date they changed it to, I think, was like OJ Simpson's birthday, and they were like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got to change it again <laughs> it it looks like
2: a car that they designed first to be in a michael bay transformer movie and then
0: for <laughs> consumption oh it does look very that. boxy also oh know.
1: yeah i mean it's a wrangler it's an off-roader like yeah you know, go look at an original like the whatever it was 60s or 70s broncos not so much the 96 i think was oj's um but so you're gonna
2: have a, a fuel efficient vehicle and a bronco
1: I mean, this is a get out of town vehicle. You got the, you know what I mean? Like this thing, yeah, the practical answer is the minivan, like a hundred percent, like the new Toyota Sienna hybrid minivan or whatever, the Pacifica plug-in hybrid. But this thing, what I love about it, I mean, who knows? It's 2020, spring 2021. So who knows? But like, it harkens back to me as like a a person who's liked cars for a while of like, it has a lot of trims, a lot of packages. You can get a base and put like the Sasquatch, which is like the beefy off-road package on it. And have it ready to go which i think is really cool where like the wrangler if you want to get that beefy off-roads package you have to go and get the rubicon which is a very expensive wrangler and here it looks like they're letting you mix and match a little bit more which harkens back to old school days of like you know even like a mustang where you get the base but you put the big engine in it and this that and the other anyway if you haven't seen them i i'm obsessed it's my i've looked at all my websites already and the news is dark and i don't know what to do with my life so i just look at Ford Bronco pictures.
0: (laughs) Well, I tell you, I just Googling it. uh, I started looking at pictures, then popped up on the bottom right of my browser here. Stephanie from Galpin Ford is online and happy to help. (laughs) Stephanie waiting for my reply. She looks delightful and ready from Galpin Ford, ready to sell me one of these bad boys.
1: You can put a hundred dollars down and reserve it. It's weird. Like Ford's kind of copied the Tesla approach, and they did the same yeah. thing with the Mustang Mach-E. But then you still have to deal with a dealer. It's not like this is what you pay. You still there still might be like dealer mark. It's weird. Ford's trying, but you know, bless them. But this vehicle mm-hmm. looks like
0: a win. All right. There you go. 2021 Ford Bronco. Um, we got a listener suggested parting gift. This was sent to DLC at gmail.com from Aaron. Aaron writes, hi, Jeff and Christian. My suggestion for parting gifts are walking tours on YouTube. If you have a 4k HDR TV, they're even better. They're a great way to plan a vacation route for when we can actually travel again. And they're just a nice way to relax and listen to a podcast. Have you guys any, done any? I've never heard of walking tours on YouTube, but I always feel like uh, there's everything on YouTube and I just don't know what to search for because I think I would like this. My favorite thing right now, it's
2: really sad, um, but I think both of you can relate, is I watch uh, ride videos from Disneyland on oh, YouTube. Oh, no, those are great. Have you seen the ones that they made in Dreams? Yes, yes. The guy's making a Haunted Mansion one that's coming Unbelievable. out. Unbelievable.
1: But yeah yes, they did that, the Indiana Jones uh the Indiana Jones ride that one was incredible in dreams it's crazy uh, it works more often in dreams than it does in Disneyland any <laughs>
2: <always>
0: of <thing. laughs> take thing, that the multinational details, corporation the
2: details that they get it seemed like they just stole the music like from somebody's video cuz it's like too perfect um, yeah. but the details especially if you've been to Disneyland you're like oh the rope yeah. the rope moves and the- Oh
0: yeah totally for the line like the, even the line is accurate yeah. it's pretty amazing uh, but there's nothing wrong with that. Man, I've been watching some weird stuff on YouTube during COVID, man. I've been watching ASMR uh, religion videos where people just drone on endlessly about
2: meditation. It's just like it's it's like my virtual tour. I, I know these are more like taking a trip. This is yeah. this is my like comfort
0: is I dig it. Virtual Disneyland. My parting gift is a show on Netflix. That I think I'm late to this party because I think it's uh, it's got multiple seasons. But I've been watching Norsemen on Netflix. Have either of you guys watched that yet? I have not. Oh man. It's getting me ready for uh for some Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I'll tell you that. It's uh it takes place a Viking show, but it's a it's it's like, what if Game of Thrones was a comedy and about Vikings? Uh it's it I find it very funny. It's very dry, but it is uh it's this tongue-in-cheek look at uh at Norse <laughs> folks who are you know, pillaging and, and gallivanting and violent and all this crazy stuff. It's an M, you know, M rated show, but they also talk in very anachronistic terms. They talk like people today and it's very funny. I find it very, very funny. I like it very much. Uh Norseman it's on Netflix. I think there's two seasons. I'm only mm, three or four episodes into the first season. Uh, they're half hour episodes too, which is nice. You can just watch one at the end of the night or something. Anyway, I recommend it. Norseman on Netflix all right, that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Anthony Taramina and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to all the folks in our chat room for hanging out with all of us in real time. We appreciate you. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for making all those bumpers, especially Sean for those, uh, the trip, the triplets, the, the hat trick of summer movie or me, movie, <laughs> no movies of the summer, summer uh, of games bumpers. And uh, thanks to each and every one of you that tune in and listen every week. We are so grateful for you. We'll be back next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.